Let's talk about intention. In my last podcast, I covered my creative commandments, the set of practices I use to thrive creatively, the last of which is work from intent. This is a loaded topic, which I love. It's one that I've been exploring for the entirety of my time behind a camera, which began when I was 14. Working from intention means I know what I want and I'm going to set out to create that. This is in contrast to I stumble upon what's before me and I I document that. Now, I do both of these and I have another podcast about the difference practically for me between documenting versus art. I see a lot of comments about this on Instagram, on blogs, on Facebook groups. It's on our minds as photographers. We use words like real, fake, posed, intentional, curated, candid, and the holy grail, not contrived. Uh, the idea of the real has been lifted up in contrast to the you know, bombardment of advertising and quote influencers. This photo is real. There's no effort or contrivance. Um, there's an appreciation for that. Uh, that poster or photo or comment gets a lot of positive feedback. That's the best thing you can do with photography, right? Capture the real. And I felt that way for years. I've done plenty of that in different settings. I have my personal family work, travel work. And when I capture a moment that I was authentically candid, I feel confident that I've made something of value. It's beautiful and it connects. But over the last three years, I've made a huge change with regard to this um, after evaluating my portfolio as a whole and as well as my images after each shoot. I realized I was only deeply connecting to about 20% of it. Now, 20% is an F in traditional grading, and I was also just generally unexcited about the work that I was making. The format I was often creating images within was family photography, and there is something to be said for the imposition of your vision on paid client work. I recently read a comment from a wonderful, huge-hearted wedding photographer who I admire who said, authenticity cannot involve our direction regarding client work, and according to this view, when you make it about you and your vision, you go astray, you use and exploit versus serve. Um, What do you think, Jury? I think it's true. But it's the reason that I've taken a step back from client work with photography. I'm currently moving in a direction of shooting only Super 8 films for clients, which does focus on storytelling um, and preserving the space of photography for exploration of the symbols and themes that I'm drawn to most. Over the years, this reality stared me in the face. Directing and intending the visual outcome was the only way that I personally enjoyed the process. Let's go deeper with this. So working with families, that 20% satisfaction rate was consistent. I wasn't connecting with the work. The reason why is because I was being hands-off. The reason I was being hands-off is because I held that firm belief. Uh, What I'm doing here is capturing the real, capturing what's really there. Uh, But creating an environment where people move genuinely, even when it's a highly compatible client, was a struggle for me. The, The pattern kept appearing. Direction equaled beauty for me. Less direction left me with a mediocre result. And this reflects so much less on the real fake tension and rather on my calling and compatibility with, with that work um, of just being a storyteller and being a conduit versus um, the heading of artists who's exploring a theme and focusing more on the human condition. So exploring a theme is the core. Telling other stories is extremely attractive and it's something that I do, but it's secondary. My clients 
my clients love the photos. You know, they were satisfied. I completely relate to that. I love every photo that's ever taken of my babies and my family, especially when their essence is captured. It's beautiful. But what I realized through family and wedding work is capturing another's essence wasn't as compelling to me as capturing my own essence. Uh, Telling others' stories interests me insofar as it relates to my own story. And this doesn't have to necessarily be myopic and self-serving. It just rather, it defines the boundary of my work, not as a photojournalist, but rather as a, a photo diarist. I have been a lifelong journaler and that area is my focus. The medium of client work was too restrictive for me. Going more toward the title of artist and away from the title of business was right for me and has always been right for me. And I've always tried to make it work and I continue to explore that tension and the practical options around it. But it makes me laugh as I see a lot of writing on this topic, um, specifically from family photographers, commercial photographers, and those who have always been in the sort of gallery photo book realm don't seem to have as much as, uh, you know, their mind space isn't as full of this topic. But uh, the assumption is that posing and directing is just highly inauthentic, you know, hashtag inauthentic. (laughs) So much to my chagrin, um, when I began to pose more and direct more and intend more, I was a million times happier with the results. So I had to either claim a kind of trader status or realize uh, there was a pathway here for beautiful expression that was consistent with artistic integrity, my artistic path. So and as a photographer, I continued to do both. I started as a street photographer documenting life in New York City as I would take the bus in from my dad's house in Hackensack, New Jersey. And I've been shooting with that spirit for 15 years and it's nourished me. I, I love wandering and seeing and capturing that stance is a deeply peaceful place for me to inhabit and I still love it but in my current season I'm making space for both approaches and I'm loving the results how this new approach looks practically is that my work hovers on the same themes you know five to ten themes that interest me and I design photo shoots around them that's the change so With regard to the themes, I'm the curator for my feature account, Childhood on Film, and after 50 or so posts, I realized, you know, if I don't branch out, uh, this is going to be a mighty fine collection of the back of children's heads and children looking demure in great light and any kind of blurred, grainy, emotive photograph of feet. Um, Yet, the account is my baby, and I love choosing the direction of it, and that's, um, that's where my interest lies. So... I have these ideas that interest me and have for most of my life, but it it does have to do with the season that I'm in right now, raising my girls. And I know what I like. Children giving themselves a hug with their eyes closed. Children in untouched nature, hands outstretched, heads back, hair in the wind. Bold eye contact, tranquil engagement with with a task. Feet. Um, You'd think I'd get sick of it, but I'm not there yet. And this is... This is what I like and what I, I like to do. I like juxtaposition. I like rough environments with nice, nice clothes. I like groups of children. And I've been able to identify and find my themes. Um, nobody has a problem with that. That's not transgressive yet, right? But setting out to do that, you know, having a random, you know, unplanned photo of, say, my daughter or a friend's child covered head to toe in water, you know, doing water play as they do, you know, that photo might be so beautiful. But what about setting out to create that photo, you know, taking out the hose and wanting that to occur? Little boys running shirtless, that's like my, that's my muse. My muse is a shirtless eight-year-old boy. Can I create these situations instead of happening upon them? Can I take this visual bank and create a photo shoot around it? 
In my case, it's almost like hiring the child to be a model, like a model of themselves. This is something I discovered after doing the great Anna Palmer's workshop, Teeth Kiss, which was a true pivot point for me with regard to this point. I, I had one view of posing, uh, smiling together under a tree. And although I want that photo of my family on film, uh, it doesn't excite me to create that photo. So is that allowed? Am I allowed to say to one of my friends, hey, can I take a roll of your kids? And I'm going to come with all of my ideas of what I'd like to see. And you know, instead of those ideas being uh, a baby in a tutu and pearls in a fancy chair, which is a shoot I've done. <laughs> Shout out, baby Amelia. Uh, I did that because I was starting out and I was mimicking what I saw. And I confirmed with that shoot that it wasn't right for me, but there was something I did like about it. And of course, it was the baby. It was, it was shooting kids. So can I replicate that attitude of intention with the symbols that interest me? Can I bring an oscillating fan to a shoot and see what happens? Is that, is that fundamentally false? Um, if you look at my blog and see the shoot called Cosette on Holga, you'll see my first approach, uh, my first shoot with this approach. And I love those photos. One of the reasons that I don't find them false is because serendipity unfolds. I came with a very simple list, but we worked together within that list. You know, my list was with cat, hands up, hugging self, through window, eyes closed, you know, it's pretty simple. And with that shoot, I, I really saw like, I finally created images that I loved. And I had the comparison before me, you know, if I'm a passive documenter, uh, the work I have in my heart will not come to fruition. Uh, the work inside of me is about narrative. It's about memory. It's about joy. It's about tranquility. It's about mixed feelings, hard feelings. It's about timeless absorption in a task. Those are the things that I want to explore. And moving from, a, from passive to active in getting those things in the frame was, was a big change for me. This is one of my creative commandments. Working from visual intention changed my work. I create vision boards. Now I print out photos of my own and others' work that are deeply meaningful for me. I get poster board from the dollar store and I say, I want that. I want to do that. This is what I'd like to explore. And this process may be more natural for others, but for me, I spent years creating work that I didn't like. I realized in 2014 that I wouldn't hire myself. I went to hire a photographer. We were traveling to Brooklyn, just Matt and I, and I was looking through websites like, no, 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 no. And then I realized I am what I'm saying no to. I'm creating work that I don't like. Why? Probably because the money was good, but also because that's stage one. You mimic what you see. Then I'd get that one photo. It would be the out-of-focus photo. It would be the grainiest, high ISO photo, motion blurring symbolic. And I would say that. Incrementally, I've been able to move forward and say, Polaroid, yes. Super 8, yes. Holga, yes. And be able to also say, I can actually ask someone to create images of visual interest with me as a collaboration. I can say, this is what we're going for in our time together. I, I can chat with the children I'm working with about what we're going to explore. We want to create visual interest. We want to collect and, and use objects that stimulate the universal symbol system in the viewer. And this is a distinctly different work than family photography. And this is where I'm drawn. This is non-documentary portraiture. And of course, it's always a mixture of the two approaches. It's a, it's a boundary blurring that really works for me. So I hope this gives you something to chew on. It's something I've been taking note of for years. Comments that exalt the unplanned and the unintended. And I exalt it too. But I've tasted the glory of the planned and I am hooked. What about you? What are your thoughts on the topic? I genuinely want to know. Thank you always for listening and take good care.